Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This. We are going to be talking about the Oscar winning film Spotlight. If you know the issues that are involved in the film, we are going to be talking about them uh, fairly in depth. So if it's something that's quite sensitive for you, just want to give you a fair warning right now. Thanks very much. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to each other so they can once and for all decide who has better taste. My name is Hugh Dempsey. I am with my friend and colleague, Sam Blakely. Hello, Sam. Way. Uh, hello, Hugh. I'm Sam. How are you doing? <laughs> are you from Newcastle, <laughs> though, Sam? No, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why you did it either. Give it a I bit mean, of pep. A bit of pep, pep and juice. A bit, you're a bit strange, aren't you? Let's yeah, be just lock down yeah. the snow. <laughs> the, uh, just everything. Yeah. How are you? Are you all right? I'm not bad, mate. I'm pep. not bad, mate. I'm kind of slowly... We're doing, we're doing uh, accent we're just, just some sort of weird blamange of, uh, of accents. <laughs> <laughs> There's French for you there. Um, yeah, kind of slowly oh, yeah. losing my mind <laughs> doing uh, lessons on the internet as a teacher. Lessons on the internet. Yeah, lessons on the internet. Internet lessons. Uh, Do you definitely prefer doing them in oh, real life? I mean, it's IRL. nice to just sort of set them on a task and then play a FIFA or something and just say, oh, you know, ask me any questions you like. <laughs> but this, if any of your superiors are listening, he doesn't no, play that'd FIFA. That would be ridiculous. I, I studiously mark work. <laughs> <laughs> and I read yeah. books about pedagogy. Um, <laughs> <You've watched>. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, speaking of ped- pedagogy, <laughs> that segues us quite neatly, doesn't it, into this week's film? Hughes, Hughes uneducated, um, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I know what pedagogy yeah, is. Yeah, it's no, it's if I can pronounce it, it right. It's good wordplay, I liked it. Um, like that bit in Peep Show when it? Mark's about to have a child and he says to Jez, you know, this is the thing of... I just think I'm a bit of a paedophobe. And Jess says, oh, okay, okay. Um, that would explain a lot. And then as the conversation <laughs> draws on, Mark realises that he, he didn't hear the word paedophobe. <laughs> just thought you were a massive... <laughs> it's like mega paedophile. Um, but you're right, it's topical. <laughs> this, is a, this is the most seamless link we've ever made, Hugh. Tell us about it the is, film. It is. Yeah, so this week we're doing the uh, 2015 film Spotlight. Uh, we're back to Boston. Southie. Uh, our second film set in Boston, strangely. Um, yeah, so 2015 Wait, we're back to won the what was best the Oscar. Ah, you don't remember what the other film was set in Boston? Ides of March, was? of course it was. Yeah, obviously. Still hard uh, Oscar bit. Wasn't that the New Hampshire primary? Oh no, they met in Boston, didn't they? Anyway, yeah, no, what was... Oh, The Fighter, of course it was, The Fighter. Yes, I knew Mark Wahlberg would be involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought, although I think... I can't remember the name of the town, because it's in Boston, but it's in like a oh, town, Oh, I isn't know it? this. Uh, Lowell. Lowell, yeah, Lowell. Yeah, Lowell, Massachusetts. Um, so yeah, we're back to Boston, you know, JFK and and The Fighter and all that, <laughs> I guess, and Mark Wahlberg. And The There you go, that's you the only things that I know about. And, you know... Good Your cop of the Departed. I think the Departed's yeah, Wicked smart. Wicked smart. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so we're back in Boston. Uh, but this time, uh, we're looking at... Uh, yeah, you said it already. Spotlight. Yeah, sex, uh, sex, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, this week's film, uh, Spotlight. The, you know, uh, paedophilia inside the Catholic Church. Spectacular. The uncovering <laughs> of this. Give us, a, give us a synopsis there, Hugh. I will. Um, 
So it's basically about... So the film is named after the team of journalists who work for the Boston Globe, which is called Spotlight, which is an investigative journalist unit that goes around uh, and will look into certain uh, stories... But instead of them like churning it out really quickly, doing a few days or weeks research, they might uh, look into something for months on end or even a year in some cases. And yeah, the film basically revolves around this unit slowly but surely uncovering um, the sexual abuse of priests on young children in the uh, Boston area uh, in 2001 and 2002, basically. Um, It's got... uh, it's got Michael Keating in it, it's got Mark Ruffalo, it's got Rachel McAdams, uh, it's also got John Slattery in it, uh, it's got pretty all-star cast, you know, Lev Schreiber's Stanley there. there. Uh, yes, old Tucci. Um, there's also another actor who I've not seen in anything else, uh, but I must have done, uh, Brian Darcy James, uh, he's the man with the, the old moustache oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in that um, yeah, and yeah, it's just a great, you know, it's got a great ensemble cast. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not the easiest film in the world to watch. <laughs> let's be honest. You know, before we get your review, I'm guessing it wasn't the most comfortable. It's not a ninety-minute knockabout comedy. That's fair. No, it's it's uh, it is it isn't, is it? Uh, but it's it's one of those films. You know, we watched. You know, we're kind of watching our... We seem to be watching Oscar films at the minute. So, yeah, uh, we watched uh, Parasite last week. And then this week we thought we'd have a bit of realism in our life and watch uh, some good good performances, good acting. Um, would you like to know what I like about this Love film? Love to so, Because so, I've mentioned some of the things there, haven't I, about what I like. So, yeah, it's it's obviously... It's it's strange to say, but it's it's an interesting subject matter. Mm isn't it? Because it's meant to be about, it's ostensibly, it's about the Catholic church and their priests. And then the cover up of these pedophile priests, essentially. And this is meant to be an institution that's not meant to harm people. It's there to be good to people, but yet it's, you know, it's like in the film, it says that based on the research that uh, a doctor does or a psychiatrist did, he said that it was up to 6% of all clergy basically were paedophiles. And then when they do the the maths, they they come up with a number of about 90 in the entire Boston area, yeah. don't they? And then when you extrapolate that out to the entire clergy, that's, you know, upwards probably of like 6,000 or something. I think I heard a figure the other day. So, yeah, it's... Um... So, yeah, it's a heavy subject matter. Um... I am nominally, <laughs> well, I am an atheist, but... You're like uh, the people in this film, you're the... raised Catholic. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the old Darrow Marine joke is, I could, you know, I could join the Taliban and I'd just be a bad <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> was it, was <laughs> you it know, Goering or once... one of those, like, after all the stuff he did, it was because he married a Protestant, the reason he was <laughs> excommunicated from the Catholic Church, <laughs> or something like that. I'm sure, I'm sure it was Goering or, you know, one of the, Himmler or one of the big lads. <laughs> yeah, one of the lads. <laughs> that's, that's a great way of describing it. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, Sam, if I'm being honest. Um yeah, you know, not the best track record, yeah. has it? And yeah, just like it's, it's basically this is the. St- I think this is sort of. It wasn't the start of all like the child sex abuse scandals coming to light, but it was definitely sort of one of the bigger moments. Like um, 
because I watched this, I ended up watching a, a documentary from 2012 called Mia Maxima Culpa, uh, Silence in the House of okay. God, which was about um, paedophilia in America, uh, in Milwaukee, in a death school. But they were talking about, there was a case in Ireland. Um, there was a guy who was called the Singing Priest, and he sounded like just like Elvis. But he'd be singing there with his dog collar on and a leather jacket. He looked like Father Ted in that episode of, um, uh, you know, where they do the talent yeah, show. The three ages of Elvis. Three ages of Elvis. <laughs> yeah, they look like that. And I shouldn't laugh. But yeah, he got convicted of paedophilia in like 95. So yeah, it's not like... It's kind of bubbling away under the surface. And that, this film touches on it. So I think it's it's an important subject matter because it's such the church, the Catholic church, especially is such a peculiar institution. There's nothing like it in the world. Let's face it, you know, because when you've got in of all your like major religions, it's the only one that's kind of, it's, you know, it's, it's whole history was that it was a very centralized sort of institution. You know, it has a pope at the head of it, and then it's got its cardinals. Yeah. You know, then it's got its archbishops and its bishops and its, you know, monsignors and its priests. You know, that's very rigid. That's, to its to its you know, credit well and known. to its what's the opposite of that? You know, shittery detriment because it means that if you want to change it, you can change it by papal infallibility and have one person say it. Whereas, say in Islam, it would take hundreds or thousands of different people to agree on that change, and then slowly, yeah, or even you know, like anything within say like you know the the protestant church you know the protestant church yeah okay maybe in this country you have like you have the church of england that's quite a centralized sort of um hierarchy and like you know well organized but you know that's not say like you know in america where they've got all the different uh, branches and denominations of protestantism you know the, but where Catholicism in America is still the same Catholicism in America is the same Catholicism you get in Britain or France or Italy you know that kind well, of well I mean you definitely I definitely see more sects uh, when I see like in a US sitcom if they're talking about well I'm Presbyterian but she's Lutheran or, or whatever yeah that's it's Episcopalian, Episcopalian or yeah. Mormon or something <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but there isn't any sex within the catholic church <laughs> there is it's the catholic church that's so it kind of how it works so yeah so i suppose something that you know there's a there's a there's a telling part in this film where the um uh michael keaton's character robbie, robbie goes to see yeah um he goes to see um some people at the school where these priests talk and he basically goes, oh, I, I, you know, I spoke to a guy, you know, he's successful and all this, but, you know, he got, you know, he was molested by father. I can't remember the name of the priest. I'm off the hook there. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I just might have forgotten. Um, yeah, he's like, oh, I got, he got molested. And it was like, oh, did you do sports? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, in yeah. school. And he was like, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did, um, you know, he, yeah, football. Was like, I think he said he was on like Robbie says oh I was on the track team and and he says oh yeah I think he, I think he says he played basketball and the guy goes oh well he did hockey and that that that's priest right. taught hockey could have been, that's, been me. Yeah. yeah yeah so it's interesting that this you know does happen has happened um, 
it's sort of well there's two prongs to this film there's the uncovering of the, just the abuse itself which is terrible by you know I, you know I know you as somebody who's works you work in like a pastoral care role in your job as a teacher you've got to you know make sure you're looking after the children's well-being not just educationally but physically and mentally while they're in your care for even if it's just an hour and for people who are supposed to not hurt children and to ending up hurting children in this such a damaging way you know the loss of their innocence effectively is uh yeah it's, it's it's an interesting subject matter and it's something that yeah as a put so i suppose like i said somebody who kind of normally went to catholic school it, it's interesting yeah um, exactly and and it's and it is something that is almost synonymous with the church now really and, and like you say because the, the film explores not just this is abuse by a bunch of bad apples. This is, yeah, that's bad and we should prosecute those people, but this is a cover-up on a systemic institutional level that goes all the way to the Vatican. The Vatican, yeah, essentially, yeah. So that's what I so that's what I like about it. It's good acted. It's it's quite a muted film in actually in terms of performances, but I think that that's because it's they're just they're portraying a real people. And something I do like is it's they're showing a real life investigation how an investigation mm-hmm. works. You know, there's a montage where they're looking through those Catholic directories of priests and they're having to go through it line by them. line to find <laughs> kind of yeah yeah cow bits through no no pulling whatever trucks through the snow and hitting cow hides <laughs> yeah yeah so that's their kind of their montage is them <laughs> just having to go through these um, directories for ages and these you know the you know they're like they're basically phone book sized and how long that, that's takes and you know them knocking on doors and you know trying to talk to people and people rejecting them and all that so yeah that's i like that kind of aspect to it because normally when you watch because it's you know essentially they're doing a criminal investigation almost aren't they and usually when you watch stuff like that it even though you feel like you're watching it real but you know it never feels completely authentic where i felt like this feels authentic um so what you might not like about the, f- the film, Sam, I, I struggled with this because I don't, I don't think there's a lot that you wouldn't like about it, but I just think you might have been, I dare say, you might have been interested, but you might not have been, you know, you might have been bored or you might have found it's a bit hard to follow at times or, um, you know, you might even be as like, as somebody who was, you know, went to who isn't involved with like Catholicism on any level. You might well, well, this is a Catholic problem. Why should I care? Which I, I don't. I don't think that's what you think. So what <laughs> but, I might like is I might be a monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can be like, like, yeah. you know, when you see like those stories about like Boko Haram like, abducting children in Nigeria, just like, ah, oh, well, Muslims going to Muslim. Ch- <laughs> I don't think that's what you think, though. <laughs> Yeah, you're the kind of person who saw Nelson Mandela walk to freedom and went, his diagnosis weren't there on the other side. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a great line. Um, anyway, yeah, so you maybe just felt like there wasn't enough, I don't know, it's quite, like I said, the, the film doesn't, the, because it's the subject matter is so heavy, you might struggle to get through it all, you might have found it a bit not boring but just hard hard yards to watch it you know it's hard to enjoy 
No, there's no song and dance numbers. There's no... But then the cinematography as well is quite muted on top of that. You know, they're not going to do these, you know, sweeping, like, camera angles. You know, like, they're not going to have those weird... You know, those, like... um, you know when you get montages in films sometimes and the camera will start like on the floor and then it'll zip and it'll go <laughs> rotate right around their body and then it'll come back and they'll be in like a different shot oh, or it'll yeah. be a different person it's not going to be like you know a little less conversation <laughs> another priest <laughs> in the directory was found to be a paedophile <laughs> you know? it's not going to be like them doing mad skills with pens and <laughs> things like that. I don't know what you expect but yeah so but I It'd be interesting to see critically what you did think in terms of what you could level as criticisms at the film. And because we spoke about it last week uh, when Parasite, uh, when we watched that. It'd be also interesting to see if you think it deserved the Oscar for Best Picture as well. I I think I might have to look and see what films it was up against. But anyway, we're going to do that. But that's all going to happen after a break, Mm, dear listener. So join us in about 26 seconds, I think it is, <laughs> most, at most, to uh, hear Sam's opinions. <laughs> That's the best one we've had so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, see you after the break. Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This So Now... We're going to have uh, Sam's opinion. I think a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. We've, we've, Thank you. He's Thank figured you. it out. I don't know how, I don't know if you've been working on that a week or it was in the moment. No, I got to bit about 2, 2.30. <laughs> but, um, uh, you nailed it. Yeah, we're just changing the, the end of seven. the word opinion to rhyme <laughs> with your name. Episode 76. <laughs> we've had to change yep. the English language, but we got there. We got there in the end. That's the important <laughs> thing. So, Sam... Um, I want to know how you're going to make uh, a podcast that's semi-jocular uh, funny about child paedophilia. <laughs> child paedophiles. Yeah, <laughs> go, go, go. As opposed to adult paedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good luck with that. All right, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have to make it that jocular, uh, I suppose. Okay. We, you know, we, we, get pretty, we get pretty deep. We get pretty deep. Uh, we get deep. We're like, we're, like, we're like deep sea divers. Yeah. Your soul, listener. <laughs> So, here's what I liked about this film. I'm going to start with a quote, like any good personal statement from the 2000s. (laughs) A writer's job is to do whatever is necessary to make the reader want to read the next line. And that's Frank Herbert. And uh, this film made me want to... Did he invent Orange Sherbert? No, he wrote Dune. Or is it Dune? Or is it Dune? We'll find out next year or 2023, whenever the film comes out. Oh, Dunk, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's like... that's. A, Sorry, you know, I'm trying to keep it light. What yeah, why not? <laughs> just pepper it with, with jokes. Just imagine we're doing Indiana Jones again, it'd be fine. Oh, but then I don't want to be angry. So you're not angry at ch- child paedophilia, fair enough. I mean, I'm not angry at, I'm not angry at the film or Scott Templeton... Oh, not Scott... Or Tom McCarthy, who plays Scott Templeton in The Wire. Uh, that's why I got Scott Templeton. Um, oh, so the guy who the, co-wrote yeah, and the, directed I, I, Yeah, the director is... Uh, he's an He was an actor, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a very pivotal, pivotal part of um, season five of The Wire, which is set largely in newsrooms that look identical to the newsroom in this... Uh, in this film, actually, he, I mean, I've not looked into his past. He probably was a, a reporter, <clears throat> like Ooh. a lot of the uh, the writers of um, of the Wire. Anyway, the Wire is great, but 
yeah, that quote, I, I think so applies to this film. Even though I know what happens ultimately, you know, they succeed and uh, someone like me who is probably more of an anti-theist than an atheist, you know, really, <laughs> really hate the Catholic Church and all that. Um, people like me, and actually everybody knows about this story now, so we know that they succeed, but it somehow made me want to read the next line or watch the next scene. Um, well, you weren't sat there going, wait, the church covered up paedophilia. <laughs> I wonder if this story's ever going to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at your girlfriend like, it's a shock to me too. <laughs> so I think that's such an achievement to make, you know, it's not a biopic, what would you call this? What's this called? Based on real events? Yeah, it's is just that, based on true is there, events. Is there a neater way of saying it? Yeah. Anyway, it's sort of a biopic of a, you know, anyway. To make, biopic. About real biopic. <laughs> <laughs> to make it about real events that are so recent, you know, sort of 15 years prior to the film coming out, if that. Reenactment? Yeah, I guess it's Sorry. kind of reenactment, a dramatisation, yeah. shall we say. To make Let's it go compelling is really fascinating because almost nothing happens in this film in, in physical terms. You know, it's people walking into rooms and talking to other people, like you say, going into the library and reading line after line of phone book directories of um, paedophiles uh, and the odd the odd priest who's not a paedophile um but you know somehow made it so compelling and i thought ides of march was a good solid political drama film but not a patch on this um to be honest no no i mean i wouldn't have compared the two but now that you mention it yeah it's just in my mind it's a similar enough film of people talking in rooms about politics (laughs) (laughs) or something legal whatever and you know Mm. it's quite intricate there's a lot of characters but i think one thing they do really well is they repeat names constantly they're always saying you know mcnamara mcleish uh savion saviona or something like that they're always repeating these names so that for someone like me who is a bit of a simpleton... Saviano, I think Saviano, that's right. Saviano. Oh, you know, he's and, called. And, um, I think. I could be wrong. I don't want to be wrong about that. This is a real, <laughs> I think in this right. case, it's a real person. And Garabedean <laughs> and all these... Like, these names yeah. are quite unusual, but, you, you know, it's intricate in the sense that there's a lot to follow. But it's easy to follow because it moves at a pace without leaving you behind. Yeah. And I don't quite know how it does that. It doesn't sort of stall and make me feel like I'm watching the same scene over and over again, but I certainly felt like I was on top of it the, pretty much the whole way through. Occasionally they'd say a name and I'd get it confused with, was that the lawyer or was that one of the victims? Was that someone else? Uh, was that another lawyer? But, you know, it did it, like I say, where nothing actually happens other than people are in rooms talking. I think the, the number one priority for that sort of film is pacing. And the film is paced really well. You know, it's got the odd moment of conflict and confrontation the scene which probably is some people's favourite scene uh, where um, Mark Ruffalo's character um, Mark Mike uh, sorry Mike Mike uh, Resendez Resendez where he's confronting Michael Keaton's character Bobby Bobby Robbie Robinson (laughs) that's like one of the most dramatic like shouting at each other kind of scenes but yeah that's almost dropped in as a pacing element rather than like this is the fulcrum of the whole film so well it's it's almost like it. somebody has to get angry at some point yeah yeah in this and and then not in just a hushed sort of tones but in like actually like this look at the scale of what we're dealing exactly. with exactly and you and know and, would... and actually a lot of a lot of the real life people journalists involved in this may all have been quite stoic and quite like Liv Schreiber's character but actually 
There's mm. a, there's a sort of like you said there's an authenticity to this to this film in its in its cinematography in its dialogue and everything else, but with enough kind of added elements that you think that's probably added for drama, but it fits most I think most strikingly when uh, Mike Resendez is trying to get to the records and he's a bit too late mm. and then the print room's closed little just little things because you can't have a character want something and then just go get it the character has to go through obstacles and struggles and yeah. there has to be a protagonist in basically every scene and an antagonist and um, and they've possibly added those things but I d- it didn't feel cheapened by that I don't think no so it's very real. no it isn't it is interesting with a film like this is because there's like a lot of moving parts and obviously it's like how do you how do you actually write a film like this right. because you've got you've got your protagonists in the spotlight um journalists obviously you've got your antagonists being like the catholic church and like um, the lawyer here and there yeah the solicitors yeah the lawyers who kind of helped the church out and things like that over the years but then you've also got how do you do you, do you split up into five acts? Do you, you know, how do you have all... Because there's like, I wonder what like the call sheet for each, how many scenes there are in a film like this. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly, um, yeah. Because you know what the... Because at least it's baked in... At least, they've got, an end, at least they've got an end goal, I exactly, suppose, which yeah. helps. They know the result. There's elements of, of a ticking clock, which may or may not be real. Things like, well, these are now public record and we don't want another newspaper to to mash it pack it to death yeah. exactly and go after one or two priests and ruin it and uh, you know gets buried under the carpet and so on you, you know you can't yeah. be tried twice for the same crime um, yeah so they've got, they've got that and then like I say with, with Mike trying to get in at the right time and get to the right place and all this there's, there's those added elements but you're right it's hard to it must be hard to write these things and it's um you know me, I'm a writer who doesn't write. <laughs> it mean, meaning I like to read books about writing and never actually put pen to paper. Uh, so I'm yeah. really interested in the sort of thing of like, here's a five minute scene of four people in suits talking about something, but you're going to make this a, a three act scene in itself. Yeah. You know, and you're going to introduce I, these characters and then there's going to be conflict. It's like, so, so the example I'm thinking of for this is the scene where. Uh, Lev Schreiber's uh, Marty Baron. He goes to see like the solicitors at, of the, the of the Boston Globe, I think it is, and he's wanting to get those sealed documents. They're wanting to get yeah. them into public court, and they have to basically sue the Catholic Church. <laughs> and it's like th- that scene probably didn't need to be in the film, but it's there because. I don't know, it's just there because they feel like it adds an extra layer of importance to this film. And also, he's not you know on screen I mean? for that long, but he seems. He seems in the shadows an important character that might Baron, and maybe that's yeah. the part where you get him because he's almost an antagonist um, when he first joins um, the the newspaper because yeah he's sort of like you know put a lid on that I want you to do this I want you to do that instead do it this way um, you know don't publish now we're going to go after the system uh, he could just be quite unsympathetic because he's so stoic and quiet and you can't get a hold on him. So any scene he's in yeah. where he's having to fight the cause for our guys, that's a really important scene, I think. And um, Lev Schreiber plays him very, like... Like, he almost like Spock, doesn't he? Almost. <laughs> he really that, is, that's a he's good comparison. That, he's, he's that um, stoic, like Do you, know you said. you what I mean? I, I so under... It's really underplayed, isn't it? Yeah, he's so underplayed. And that's not really the kind of actor I usually associate or acting I associate with Lev Schreiber. He's not yeah. that he's like Mr. Just 
you know, he's not um, not gesticulating all the time. <laughs> it's a bit like, it reminds me of recently there was that film, The Irishman, and uh, Joe Pesci plays a very understated character in that, which oh, right. is very strange for him. Yeah, so, he's normally a, a clown, shall I say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, think, you think I'm funny? <laughs> Do I amuse you? This thing with Lev Schreiber, I mean, leave, leave Lev, live. Yeah, I don't know. If I just say Lev. I, obviously, like, like Call you. Call Steve, mate. Steve Schreiber. We, we both yeah. listen to a lot of podcasts, and I don't know what the podcast was, but somebody was talking about this kind of Shakespearean actors in America on yeah. a podcast. And I was really surprised they said that, like, basically, he is head and shoulders, head and shoulders above anybody else in American oh, really? Shakespeare accents, I was like, what, that guy who was in, was he in Scream or something? You know, like, he's not <laughs> <Ray> really, <Donovan. laughs> he's not, he's not a, he's not a um, household name in our country, I think. Not, no, he's not, is he? He's not it's, a name I that you'd hear and go, who? But the, he's a name the that guy you go, who played, okay. The guy who played Sabretooth from the worst X-Men film. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Like, I'm looking through his IMDb now and it's, it's not like he's got hit after hit or he's not the lead in that many things. <laughs> Um, yeah. obviously he'd been acting for a long time but yeah he plays Cotton in Scream and I had oh, no yeah, idea he was in Scream he was... wasn't he I forgot about that yeah I had no idea he was held in such such um, sort of esteem high regard and high regard until I heard that in some podcast and then sorry with this mm. I thought oh actually I get it he's like and there was a when Stephen Fry turned 50 the BBC did like a whole Stephen Fry weekend thing and I remember somebody Sanjeev Baskin was was uh praising his acting he said he's got a great stillness that you don't see in a lot of comic actors you know they're kind of wild-eyed and so on and i've never really thought about stillness as being important for an actor and that is the word i would other than stoic the word that i might use to describe him in this in this film yeah it's just yeah it really it made me want to watch a lot more of his films it was quite like he's like a sea of calm almost in this like yeah. increasingly fervent atmosphere yeah i mean one of the critics i read about it said it's um you know, they made photocopying more exciting than some <laughs> scenes I've seen in action films, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. And that's, that kind of, but it's that, it kind of, it hooks you in, doesn't it? Because, like you said, you might know the, the, the grand outcome, but there is an int- there is an intrigue in finding out the, the nitty gritty details of how they actually went because about it. Because it might turn it. out that maybe a new, a, another newspaper did publish it and this and that. I, I don't know if these, I don't know anything about these people. I don't know who mm. got the credit for the story, really. So you're right on, on the nitty gritty of it. We don't yeah. know if, if there's a particular case. You know, if if it's all a big success, but the guy who initially abused, let's say, Saviano, gets away with it, or, or something, you go, "Oh, that's a loss." Do you know what I mean? You, you get to personalise these people. Yeah. So yeah, I've got a lot of praise for this film. It is, it is fantastic performances throughout. Mark Ruffalo, I thought, was was really good. There's yeah, just subtle ways in which he he kind of signal he identified himself as being different to the rest, uh, you know, and kind of winding them up a little bit. But also, I think I heard Mark Ruffalo describe him as like the the archetypal ideal investigative journalist. Uh, you know, I was kind of uh, just looking at an interview with him with Stephen mm. Colbert earlier. And I kind of get that him more than anybody else, really, because he's got he's unembarrassable, and he's happy to just sort of like peek his head around the corner, have you know, go into Garibaldian's uh, office hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah, he's um, that the guy who he plays, um, Mike Renendez. He's back in well, at least in 2015, 2016 when this film came out, he was still the only one of like those original um, journalists who's still on the spotlight team. Really. 
Yeah. Like, was that, I, I, is he still there? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, he still works for Boston oh. Globe. Um, one thing I was trying to, I did think of when I was watching this to make it a bit more light-hearted is I just love how, uh, I love Mark Ruffalo's 90s haircut. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's quite striking 90s because fringe. you go, okay, that, I know he was much curlier hair than that and it's kind of like, you know what, um, I suppose the big short, as good a film as that is, it's wigs everywhere. And it's so blinding. Steve Carell's like, wig is yeah, very off-putting well, in that Steve film, Carell, isn't it? That's Brad Pitt. That's <laughs> that's Christian Bale. I know their hair it isn't anything like that. So all I'm seeing is wigs, and it's not that. But it doesn't ruin the film. But this film, at least, that was the closest. Is it Christian got Bale to that. wearing a wig in that? I don't know if he does wear a wig, but it looks wiggish. It looks so unlike his hair. You go, okay, clearly he's representing a real person there who's got hair like that. But it was just a bit. I don't know. I thought it looked like his hair. To be fair. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know what you mean, yeah, yeah, it might be a wig actually, now you yeah. mention it, yeah. <laughs> See, I think yeah. it's, it's very dry. <laughs> There's something about it, it's like it's been added on top of his normal hair. Yeah, and yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. But I think there's a bit where he's swimming in a pool, isn't there, so maybe it was his hair. But it's just you're not used to seeing him have like, you know, people you know call it Hollywood hair, don't they? Like, yeah, exactly. Where is he playing just like a guy who's probably wearing yesterday's pyjamas and he's got drumsticks yeah. on his desk and that sort of stuff. So what about the actual sort of subject matter then? What was your uh, your feelings on that? Sort of how this film approached the actual crime, I guess. Did it really well. It was very clear that these journalists weren't in it for a scoop. They were in it to stop it ever happening again. You know, I, I think yeah. it's a sensitive issue, but doesn't mean the the filmmakers were anything other than sensitive about it, you know, which was great. I mean, I was surprised that there wasn't a single journalist who was like, this could really make my career or something. It was very clear that these were people who cared about Boston and uh, that it doesn't happen again. Mm. How about you? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, no, no. I thought they did a grand job. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... It's it's kind of one thing I like about this film is it kind of takes it takes a local approach to a global issue, doesn't it? Yeah, and it doesn't show the abuse in like some dramatized thing. Like you know, I I said that this year I want to watch Schindler's List. Because, yes, because I have to because I'm sure it's brilliant. It's just when am I ever going to be in the mood for it? Because I know it's going to be heartbreaking. Because you're going to see or kind of you know, you're going to be heavily intimated that you're going to see some things. Um, whereas this film, at least, it's hard-hitting subject matter, but really it's more about the hunt for the, the mm. cover-up. It's not actually really... Yeah, we're not we're not seeing them as boys. Yeah, they, yeah they, they're resistant. They resisted the temptation to, like, do flashbacks exactly, when yeah. a couple of victims were talking about um, this... The, the sexual molestation they received. So yeah, yeah, I, but that's in more in tone with the film, isn't it, as well, yeah, I think. They're not trying to... They're not. It's such a scandalous subject matter that you don't need to add scandal to it, I don't think. It, we we it, know it, what... It's heavy we know enough, how horrible it? it is. Yeah. You know, it, sometimes with, like, political scandal, they want to show you certain things. I mean, um, a lot of comparisons I saw when I was reading reviews for this was that To All the President's Men right. which is a film about that Watergate yeah which is a film I've not seen the, is it the Robert Redford film uh, I think William, he William stars Golden and directed it didn't he wrote it, it I think yeah. yeah I don't know if he wrote it but he definitely directed no, Will, it Will, Will, Will Goldman wrote it that's what I'm saying 
Oh, yeah. right. Sorry, I thought you said he wrote the it. Cassidy writer. So, yeah, I might, I might add that to my list. That is definitely a film that I know I will enjoy. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's worth adding to the list. Anyway, Sam, uh, is there anything you didn't like about this film, specifically? Really, not at all, no. It is hard to find things to unlike about this film, isn't this, it? This is it. I mean, what I was really surprised by was I, I basically fall asleep to every film I watch now, at least for a scene. You know, uh, we watched Parasite last week, and I love that yeah. film. And I fell asleep to it because... I don't. I don't get to bed early enough, and I've got a, you know, pretty tiring <laughs> life a lot of the time, and so yeah. I fall asleep to films because I'm comfortable. <laughs> uh, but this, honestly, I watched this. I watched this quite late last night. I think I started this film at about half ten last night, and right. uh, had a couple of drinks, and not even a not even a heavy eyelid, uh, heavy eyelid, which again for a film where it's not shooty bangy bangy stuff, you know, it's not. Um, What's that? What's that one? Uh, cr- crank. <laughs> it's not that film. Oh god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it kept me on my toes. And, I mean, that would have. You know. Yeah, that would have been. That would have been a very uh, strange turn change if it had been suddenly crank. Some weird dreams. And um, I suppose one thing I wouldn't say this isn't something. This isn't something I didn't like about the film, but something I was disappointed in was how much um, Garabedian, the Stanley Tucci, Stanley Tucci character, was built up as being a kind of unworkable bizarre character he actually ended up being quite reasonable a bit of a hard ass but he wasn't like an eccentric uh impossible character yeah i know what you mean yeah um i saw an interview i watched an interview with him today him and um the that's phil saviano and he does come across as a, a not difficult but quite <laughs> quite um he was he's still like angry about it all and says that things are still happening and right you know they they just cover they're being they're just saying like the church just haven't changed how they operate with stuff like that's this. somebody you want in your in your tent pissing out <laughs> isn't it that's yeah somebody you want in your yeah tent. yeah it's yeah he's but he knows only two she's good in this isn't he he's wonderful um, in everything i think he's he's all yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, he's a very underrated actor in the sense that not everybody knows and loves him, but at least he is beloved by people who know who he is. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think of the first. I can, he's one of those actors who kind of slowly crept up, wasn't he? he was like, yeah. he's because he always plays like supporting characters, doesn't he? Yeah. He's so he makes a lot of films, big films. Yeah, but you, everybody will have seen him in, in even something. if that's like Captain America or um, yeah, yeah. Hunger Games. You know, yeah. like everybody's seen him somewhere. Even if you don't yeah. know and love him, you kind of like, oh yeah, I like that guy. Same as Toby Jones, I think. Similar, you know, he's yeah. in Captain America and Hunger Games, and everybody yes, loves him and he's fantastic and everything. Basically, <laughs> just actors in t- who in that Venn diagram of <laughs> Captain America and the Hunger Games, <laughs> which is of course just those two. I just think. those two. <laughs> um, I can't think of any. While you while you queue up the next section, I'm going to think about that. <laughs> right, no worries. Okay, so yeah, the, yeah, it's the. It's there's the the one maybe the criticism like legit criticisms I've seen for it, uh, maybe like perhaps the dialogue might have been a bit snappier or could have been a bit more stylized. But I think a lot of but then a lot of the reaction to that is well, it's meant to be more realistic and it's meant to be more the the subject matters. Just if you do that kind of stylism on the script then you might take away from the authenticity and the, the weight of the subject matter. But after... Agreed. I think Donald know. Sutherland played an ice cream man uh, in the background of Captain America. Uh, no, I I, um, I agree, <laughs> but I think it's witty enough 
there's a few bite backs in this film yeah and there are some good little like and we'll get into it into favourite when we do favourite lines let's do it now if you like I mean not, not to not to take over the hosting duties but if you want we can do favourite lines now well if you want, well, well I'm going to keep want. things how we normally do it and we're going to do favourite scenes first do we always do scenes first I feel like it's random every uh, week no it's definitely always favourite scenes first <laughs> I'll take your word for it it is well it is when I host it anyway <laughs> Because like that's the order. Because yeah, I always do scenes first, yeah. Because I always write it, favorite scenes, favorite lines. Um, so go on then, Sam, as the recommendee. What was your favorite scene in this film? I remember thinking this at the time Sakini. that I was first watching it. Yeah. No, that was obviously hilarious. Um, was, Thank you. Uh, when they first met Saviano, I think because it was the first time they really put a personal note to the. Scandal and the stories and all that. Yeah, you actually got a first-hand account of what actually yeah. some of the things that were happening. And he's great because he's got so many references for them and so many books. And there's a bit of confrontation. He doesn't know how much to trust them. Obviously, he's he's got a chip on his shoulder because he sent the story in years ago and it was ignored. Um, spoiler alert, as we find out by by Robbie Robinson. Um, I mean, we're about we're about forty minutes in, so spoiler alert: it's a bit late. <laughs> Hopefully, you've seen the film Spotlight. Listen. Yeah, spoiler alert: the Catholic Church covered up some crimes. <laughs> um, so I really like that scene, and I'm, what I'm, I, this sounds bizarre for me to like this, but whenever you hear these stories, they go for the more um, uh, euphemistic words like molest and abuse. You know, they don't actually specify and in mm. fact to Rachel McAdams character she sort of says that to to one of the guys that she's interviewing like we need to know exactly what happened um, you know there's a a great debate it's Christopher Hitchens and Stephen Fry against um, what's her name fucking oh what's her name uh, Anne Widdicombe Anne Widdicombe oh yeah and, uh, and a uh, some sort of uh, member of the church about is the Catholic Church a force for good and Stephen Fry's talking about, you know, this, this child abuse, wait a minute, no, child rape. You know, he's like, let's get this straight. This isn't just a little mm. feel-up. This is actually people having proper intercourse, penetrative yeah. intercourse. And yeah. so that was, a that was I think I might say, maybe one of the first moments in the film where, when Saviano's there, where they're actually starting to specify the severity of the crimes. Uh, and for me, yeah, it was just really well-written scene, really pivotal scene obviously led to a lot of future scenes, but that, for me, was the most uh, significant and, and well done, I think. Mm, How about yourself? That is... So, the fun for me was... It was kind of one of the, like, the penny drops kind of um, moments is when they find out that uh, sick leave is a designation for, like, yeah, abusive priests. Yeah, um, the montage. Yeah, and that's when, I think, they is that when... Uh, Walter Robbie Robinson and I think um, one of the other spotlight guys they go down into the archive yeah. and they're like oh it's sick leave it, it actually means that they've you know they've gone off and it's and stunning been that there isn't somebody who wasn't on sick leave like they've got all this list and I think oh they're going to whittle this list down to the real oh no this is actually just <laughs> that's exactly what they mean by it it's not just like put in with other people who are actually on sick leave or whatever yeah, and then they found a few, and and I know that I think it says in the film they find a few more, don't they? But I think sick leave is the first one that kind of yeah, that's right. signals out the um, the size of the leave problem. Of but this or f- something like that. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but there's so many scenes in this film that have 
like impactful sort of that kind of that kind of impact do you know yeah. what i mean one more level um, down the rabbit hole of we're, we're on to something here you know? yeah like like when they're on the phone to that i've mentioned already when they're on the phone to that psychiatrist and he says oh six percent of all clergy yeah and they're just like what? Estimate, uh, 90 people okay we yeah. thought 13 was a lot we thought one actually, was a lot <laughs> yeah and then when he says and he's like he's still there and he's like oh yeah we're just trying to take it all in almost. Yeah. what about what about you did you have any other scenes because i think there's a few in this and i want to mention them i do think Usually the confrontation we... with um Mercedes and, and robinson you know where where Mark Ruffalo's character really wants to publish now. He's like, we've got it, we've got the evidence, I've got the files, I've got all this ready to go. Yeah. And then uh, Michael Keaton's character's kind of, you know, this is, we've been told we're going after the system. You know, it'll do no good to bury a few yeah, priests. Yeah, bad apples. You know. Yeah, we want to get the system. Yeah, that is a good scene. And it's good, and, but it is, Mark Ruffalo's so good at that angsty sort of shouting, isn't he? Yeah. Of indignant sort of you know like Tony you made another murder robot (laughs) (laughs) that's true actually he's a good dissenting voice who's like yeah a bit sort of uh, fidgety and raring to go and all that sort of stuff yeah another one I had was when Matt Carroll Carroll um the character uh, the Brian Darcy James character oh, yeah. when he realises that there's some paedophile priests living in the house around the oh, corner yeah. from his house he pins it on the fridge and was, yeah and that that's the point for him where it almost strangely for him that becomes when it becomes real I yes. think yeah and yeah, it's like it's not just stuff that happened 20 years ago or in the 50s or whatever in the 60s or the 70s this is like these people are still in my community and are a danger to my kids and it's it's putting a, a face to it isn't it and you know like you said the way that uh, robbie robinson convinced his old, the old alumni or whatever was you know it could have been you or me and somehow that's more convincing than by the way it was this dozen other people <laughs> you know um yeah yeah if you if you hear that you know a country gets a gets nuked and it's like two hundred thousand people died you go I can't really fathom that, but if you say, oh, John down the road died, you go, oh, shit. <laughs> you know that, hmm. what is it, one, what is oh, it? Yeah. one, one is death a is tragedy. a tragedy. Yeah, that's right. Death is a million deaths is statistic. statistic. Yeah. yeah, Joseph Stalin, famous humanitarian there. Um, <laughs> I was going from the Marilyn Manson f- uh, version of it. But <laughs> is that where, you came, <laughs> yeah, is that where right. it came from, the Stalin? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. on brand, I would say. Yes, I mean, this is a man who famously said to... Uh, one of his underlings whose wife he had put to death for being a traitor or something. Um, it's, he said something along the lines is, well, we can always find you another wife. Right. <laughs> After he murdered his wife. Basically. And of course, we covered the death of Stalin, so listen to us talk about that. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Six months ago, whatever. Yeah. That was so, what's your favourite line in this film, Sam? I do think there were some smart lines. Um, yeah. I, you know, I won't say the one that I think you'll have. I'll no, say go the... on. You're the you're the recommendee. You, I've seen this film before. You you tell me your favorite line. I well, think I know what you know, it is. I didn't actually identify that as my favorite line. Maybe because it was too. Maybe I'd seen it in the trailer or something. Maybe it didn't strike me as original when I when I saw it in the film. Maybe I'd seen it before. So I'm going to go for the one they actually wrote down. So this is Eric McLeish. Um, he says most of these folks they want just want some sort of acknowledgement of of what happened. We got them a sit down with the bishop and a little dough, and that's the best they can hope for. And then Robbie Robinson says, "Well, certainly the best the priest could hope for." Yeah, that's one of those little barbed comebacks that this film is better for, rather than like a, a you know, a whip crack. Yeah, Smallby response. 
Yeah, this is the strength of the writing of this film, isn't yeah, it? It's, it's beautiful. It's Pete and and McLeish gets almost his come up not his come up he gets his own back, doesn't he, later on in the in the film when he gets threatened, it's like, Oh, we've got two stories got about one's about corruption or yeah. one about the lawyers who helped him cover it up, which one do you want to write? And it's like, Well, we sent you this. Yeah. We spoke to, we'd sent you the names years ago. That's true. that was really interesting that Billy Billy Crudup wasn't just some scumbag lawyer. Actually, there was no. some depth there as well, you know, and that was really interesting. Well, both of the lawyers in this film have depth to them, don't they? I suppose they, if you're going to make a, a dramatisation of real life and um, one of the people's an actual lawyer, you probably do want to be quite level of balanced about it <laughs> and not slander them because they're a lawyer. <laughs> you know, they could take... Oh, in real, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> if, it's sorry, real yeah. if it's a lawyer that yeah, you they're, they're <laughs> two people who are actually oh, were lawyers, see yeah. see where they redeem themselves. They're actually the good guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll mention um, he's well hung, whatever, you know. <laughs> 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 cock like a racehorse <laughs> uh, so yeah I mean obviously that's the probably the standout line in the film uh, actually Sally Tushy gets a lot of them for me uh, is you know if it takes a village to raise a child it takes a village to abuse one yeah and that, that was when he said it I thought oh that's an interesting quote I'm sure I've heard that before it must be from the trailer of this film yeah it will be yeah and and I thought that was is the best line of the film isn't it yeah it is and the other one that I like that he gets is um, the church thinks in centuries Mr. Resendez do you (laughs) think your paper has the resource to take that on and he's like yeah I do but if you don't mind me asking do you yeah yeah, I, I did like quite that like that, that phrase of the church thinks in centuries because it, it does, yeah I've heard it? that it's, before yeah that's that's all William that's um, it is a little bit isn't it you know that's kind of in, in, in the book I got you for Christmas uh, two years ago and then gave you finally this last Christmas <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a bit two where years ago like, was it last <laughs> year anyway last, last year? I can't it feels like ten years ago at least the idea <laughs> that you know individuals will, will die but the party remains and that's what we need to protect right I see um, do you have any other lines that you liked no, I, I, I stuck with that one. Uh, you just, the, uh, because yeah, you knew that, it. the other one. The other one I do like, which is, again, when it's like, like you said, it's the how underplayed this film is. It's when uh, Walter Robbie Robinson and he goes to see the guy who works for the, the school in the bar late at night and he's just like, um, you know, he talks about um, Morty Barron. Uh, Morty. <laughs> Marty Marty Barron. <laughs> Marty Barron's only there. You know, he's trying to make a name for himself. You know, you you know where you gonna go, sort of oh, thing. Yeah. Basically, th- slyly, almost threatens him, Horrible. and he goes, and he just pauses. He just that little pause, and he goes, and Robbie just goes, "This is how it happens, isn't it, Pete?" And he's like, "How's that?" Guy leans on a guy, and the whole town looks the other way, yeah. and it's like, yeah. I thought that would appeal to you as well. Like, it's a great f- line, but that appeals, I think, to the historical politico in you. You know that that to me has oh, echoes right. of say. This isn't a criticism because it, it it kind of echoed with me as well. Of say in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where Saul Bellow said, uh, "Is that his name, Saul Bellow? Saul Belloc, <laughs> Belloc, where he says, you know, oh. kind of maybe in a thousand years you'll be worth something." It's almost like oh, yeah. two characters explaining how uh, uh, stories work and significance and reputation. How the sausage is made. <laughs> how the sausage is made. Yeah, it's very um, yeah, it's very Godfather almost, isn't it? It's like. Oh, I'll make him an offer he can't refuse. Yeah. And, you know, this yeah. is how this is the real. But it is. It's almost this is the real politique of the situation. Right. Yeah. And uh, actually, they're able to go. No, this isn't how. Th- that might be the status quo, but we're here to change that. Yeah. Or we're going to attempt yeah. to. And he's a great. He's know, a great. Loose lead, I suppose. 
Yeah, shine a spotlight on it. Oh, oh here we go. Yeah. Full circle. Right, Sam, uh, we're going to go for a break now. Oh, we need favourite shot, mate. Co- favourite shot. Oh, we do need favourite shot. Um, yeah, because You've of You've not this... down, have you, Hugh? <laughs> no, I have this week. I did remember. Um, what was your... You tell me yours first. Go on. So you talked earlier about the conversation they had with uh, Sype about when he's you know saying basically it's six percent of priests, and yeah. it's not a shot for the still, but it's a shot for the for the dynamics of it. It's the camera sort of just pans out away from there. Oh. They're sat on the desks listening to the phone, and he and it's it's sort of hitting home how significant the, the problem is. And the camera just pans out almost subtly but noticeably, just to let it process. And I just, I just really yeah. liked that shot. And you see all the you see them all all the journalists don't you kind of writing down and then kind of th- working out the numbers themselves and almost yeah. it's almost breaking the fourth wall without breaking the fourth wall it's kind of like yeah yeah I don't know what I mean by that but I don't know no I know you don't like it you yeah. no it is it's it kind of gives the audience a moment to catch their breath yeah. as well isn't yeah, it yeah true because. Yeah. When they give the figures, anyone who can do a bit of basic maths can probably work it out themselves. It's going to be a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know it's a high enough number when they say how many priests there are. Um, For me, it was when um, the, you know, when I was, I said it in one of my favourite scenes, but it's the shot when um, Brian Darcy James, he's just kind of frantically walking down the street. And you know, oh, towards got... his uh, local treatment centre. No, you know when he finds out the priests. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Treatment. Yeah, if you want to call it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Treatment centre. Yeah, when he's walking down and he's, um, he's in the night time. It's like the night time, and it's just, yeah. it's just kind of sums up the kind of sort of frantic feeling behind this film at times that you get. Sort of nimby, not in my backyard. Yeah, worry of but it. in a good way, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. that was the thing with... God, uh, I don't want paedophiles in my what, neighbourhood. What was it in America? Was it Megan's Law or something? That one where you yeah. basically you, you have the right to know if, if a convicted paedophile is living in your neighbourhood. That's, and you can that's where the lives. registers all came from, wasn't it? That's right. Because and uh, and it's like every like most, on the internet. most kind of progressive, liberally type people like me and you who would think, okay, somebody served their time we're hoping they're rehabilitated. We want to give them a chance to be part of society again, but yeah. just not in my backyard. I don't want them living across from where my daughter, from me and my daughter, you know yeah. I mean? but I, I think they should be allowed to try and reintegrate back into society, but just, just definitely know any of me. I mean, I don't want to get into, you know, into the weeds of talking, no, discussing <laughs> about paedophiles and rehabilitation and all that. And, you know, the kind of nature of, well, because it's, a psychosomatic thing or whatever I, I, I don't know enough a, I don't know enough about the psychology and this psychiatry about it to be able to discuss it but yeah like it's one of those kind of strange crime not strange crimes but it's a it's a crime where you know it's it's for a lot of people it's an urge and an impulse that they can't control and they have to there try there are people who want it. to equate it to homosexuality because obviously you know 60 yeah. years ago that's how you deal with somebody who's been convicted of homosexuality is like you'd offer them chemical castration and you sort of go well that's sort of what I'd be up for offering to paedophiles is that you know kind of yeah that feels yeah I'll I get feel the like, tongs myself yeah exactly yeah <laughs> I feel like if I ever if I ever experienced that in myself that's what I'd want you know I'd want chemical I'd want to just yeah be killed or like you know have that taken away from me it's that kind of argument between like your lizard brain and your rational brain <laughs> exactly, isn't it yeah. it's like yeah. 
you, your, your rational brain essentially knows that it's almost like a sickness. If, yeah. To put it, because you're going to be the way. you're going to be the lowest. Of, you're going to be beaten up and killed in prison. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. By murderers. <laughs> yeah. By people who yeah, murder you're children. Murderers. <laughs> you're going to be yeah. killed by people. <laughs> you're the the lowest child of murderers are going to be like, how could you? <laughs> God, all I did was stab them to death. Yeah. <laughs> but you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, we're going to go for a break. Mm. Let the audience think about child murderers and um we should maybe come with some sort of trigger warning i feel like because neither of us are really affected by anything like this it's quite easy to talk quite quite awfully about it but i don't know if we should uh maybe leave the episode or something like that we could put it at the beginning of the episode if it makes you happy but we'll uh, discuss that in the break so sounds like a plan sounds like an off-air conversation it does um yeah so see after the break Welcome back. So now, what we're going to do, Sam, because I know that's what you like to hear, is some uh, people who are paid to do this, <laughs> what we do for free. These, but better. Yeah, they, they, they write it down, so maybe that's where the money where the money is. Um, so we're going to go to the critics. Uh, I'm going to start off with Mark Kermode writing in the Observer. Has to be. Has to be. Yeah. Uh, quite a long one. This. Uh, it's like, but it's couple of things he mentioned. So, with its convincingly mundane scenes of journalists bashing phones, knocking on doors and trawling through dusty records, Spotlight inevitably draws comparison with Alan J. Uh, Pakula's All the President's Men, as I mentioned before. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, he is the closest thing this ensemble cast has to a star turn. A long suppressed outburst of emotion provides one of the film's few grandding, few grandstanding showstoppers. Yet Ruffalo is at his best when doggedly dealing with courthouse wrangles and dispassionately listening to the testimonies of survivors reluctant ever to speak of their ordeals. It is in these scenes that the strength of his performance is clearest and his immersion in the role most complete. And finally, he f- goes on to say. Whatever dramatic license it may take, the film has an authentic air with McCarthy and Singer displaying an investigative reporter's flair for seeing beyond the headlines and getting the story behind the story, which I quite like. Uh, he gave it four stars, four out of five. So it's... If if Mark Kermode likes it, it's a good film. <laughs> yeah. That's the rule. Generally tends to be the rule, doesn't it? Yeah. If it's a Richard Curtis film, knock a star off. Other than that, <laughs> if Mark Kermode likes it agree with him <laughs> yeah I mean that's something you said you know that it's felt like investigative reporting filmmaking almost yeah mm. yeah yeah it, it, it's, a, it's I mean it, it, did you get a sense that not that you ever made serious plans but you thought oh, I could be an investigative journalist I'd quite like that as a career watching this film you thought yeah I could get into that yeah who doesn't when you watch it who hasn't thought Right to City Hall. Get right I mean, to City Hall and yeah, give me the records. Yeah, I mean, a lot of... Just give me the files. Here's some money. I mean, anyone who's, like, thought about doing any writing for a living thinks about journalism, don't they? Mm, true, yeah. true. And then when... I mean, that, this is one thing I would say about this film, is because of the lot, a lot of the press we hear in real life is 
nine times out of ten, it's all tabloid stuff, isn't it? Or it's the big political scandal of the day that some, you know, some Egypt in the Conservative Party is getting the taxpayer to pay for his moat around his, or his <laughs> moat around his little duck house or whatever the hell it was. You yeah. know, silly things like that. You know, keep, I keep, yeah, I keep my political references contemporary <laughs> don't go, well into I, I, the last 200 yeah, years at I least reference things from about yeah. 12 years, years ago, ago. yes yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah you've let's 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 hear from the olds <laughs> this is not the news yeah. <laughs> this is the 12 year olds yeah. let's not talk about 12 year olds yeah <laughs> we've done enough yeah that. so stuff like this is you realize oh no the fourth estate is there for a good reason and there's there mm. is actually real work that quality happens. journalism yeah that is this sort of you know the the journal you know it's a the journal part of their ism almost doesn't really matter because their their job isn't a, <laughs> well their job isn't about the writing it's actually about the well, this discovery. is the importance of marty Barron is saying i want this to be essential to the readers yeah you know this is not just like fish and chip paper this is and is journalism essential to people now that anyone can be a journalist with a YouTube account? You know, anyway, that's and the whole blogs thing. and things like that. Yeah, and yeah, it's exactly, when yeah. yeah, you're starting to get into the sort of yeah, the sort of the meat and potatoes of the industry itself, aren't you? Because I think it's one of these weird things. I, I ended up watching because obviously these are real people and real events. I was watching a, um, I don't know, one of these like. I don't even know what they call them. You know, where they have like a live Q&A sort of thing where they get like... Oh, yeah. um, they call the Q&A session. Yeah, really. And who'd, have, who'd have thought? <laughs> yeah, they do a Q&A with like... They did a Q&A with Mike Renendez and... Resendez. And um, who was the other person they did it with? Oh, yeah. Uh, ben Bradley Jr. Uh, right. Mustachio. No, that's John Slattery. No, uh, John Slattery. Yeah. <laughs> Character. Um, and... They ended up talking about, you know, how he was saying there's like a couple of generations now have grown up expecting not to have to pay for the news and the news is kind of free to them. So, you know, you've got this one hand, people believe that there should be quality journalism like Spotlight out there, but on the other hand, nobody wants to pay for it. So how do you resolve that? It's the thing, I, I balked at the idea of spending like 25 quid to get The Athletic for a year. Yeah. And The Athletic is like a guaranteed quality football journalism, which is exactly what I want. That's two quid a month. It's nothing, is it? <laughs> you know, yeah. I didn't pay it. You didn't pay it. I thought, oh, the BBC will cover it. <laughs> um, so I've got another review here. Now, I'm, I'm usually reluctant to go to this publication but i went to empire for a lady called helen o'hara and she says right above the five-star review for yeah well you won bad five-star review and you know it throws the whole publication into disrepute uh a (laughs) grown-up film about serious people that mercifully escapes an award grabbing platitudes this is more thrilling than most action movies talking and intelligent this lacks the glib edge of Aaron Sorkin or the poppy zip of a Tarantino, and she gave it four stars as well, which is. But that's I think, I think that that's a compliment, isn't it? Like it, the poppy yeah, zip almost of a, is, isn't it? Sorkin is like that's not real, is it? So he's got his whole thing, and we love that. Yeah, that's not this film. Yeah, when you it? watch the Social Network, you don't sit there thinking that the dialogue there is hyper realistic. It's, it's almost <laughs> he's got such a weird way of 
writing, hasn't he? It, I'd love. Mm. He's got a new language, and we all love it. Yeah, obviously. it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's like a language. It's wouldn't like a, this film. Yeah, it's like a language of his films, isn't it? Which is very strange. Yeah. Now, I, I mentioned it earlier. And because of last week's film with Parasite, uh, still available listeners, if you haven't listened. Um, <laughs> so did you think this deserved the best? I mean, look, on one hand, these things don't really matter, do they, ultimately? But do you think that this film deserved to beat the films like The Big Short? Let's have a look at the nominations. Then. Go on. So we had Spotlight, Bridge of Spies, Mad Max Fury, Fury Road, The Revenant, The Martian, The Big Short, Room and Brooklyn. Of those, I haven't seen Room or Brooklyn. Room's been on my list since Brooklyn? we started this podcast. Oh, I've not actually. seen Brooklyn. I've seen all of those I- films except for um, Brooklyn, I think. Right, okay. I, I also just added to my list basically all Saoirse Ronan films. <laughs> For some reason, I just haven't seen... The only, I think I've only seen one or two of her very early films. Um, I saw Bridge of Spies... Mm. And that's solidly fine. It's good film. Nowhere yeah. near an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Nowhere near best picture for me. Mad Max Fury Road, I think, is fantastic. I know you are very lukewarm. I'm not lukewarm. I, I just don't think it looks visually. It's absolutely amazing. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, there is some visuals, stunning visuals in that. And I like, there's a whole theory that I quite like that. Like, that Mad Max is meant to be death or something like that. Have you ever have you ever heard this theory? <laughs> so that's why he's fine with all the stuff. Um, yeah, like there's this apparently there's a like he's cool about all the explosions. Yeah, and but there's like apparently there's a scene in it where he goes off and fights somebody, and he goes it goes he goes off screen, and you just hear the fighting and the killing, and then he comes back and he's fine because he's basic because the idea is he's death, <laughs> so he's not gonna. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, not not. He's like no, I can't hear. He's he's (laughs) got very offensive there. (laughs) He he is never going to catch me. (laughs) I used to be a lawyer. No, that he's. I've never heard that theory. I need to. I need to have a look. Yet more. Yeah. What culture things? Um, No, I I love that film, and it kind of depends on what we mean by Oscar Best Picture because. I probably had more fun watching that film. If that won over this, I'd be like, wow, the Oscars have taken a bit of a turn because that is not an Oscar film in the same way. The Revenant, I think, is a beautiful, top-notch film. Um, it's a strong, Again, if it won over it, Spotlight, I wouldn't be surprised or annoyed. I'll be honest, you know? it's, such, it's such a strong list that year. Yeah. And I've not seen Brooklyn, but I hear it's good. You know, I could give it to any of those films pretty much on that list. Um, yeah. Except for Bridge of Spies. And that's a good, yeah, exactly, and that's a yeah. good film as well. It's just, Bridge of Spies is a I mean, Mark Rylance is brilliant in that film. He's, he, he is you know, fantastic. should I, pa- the, the should, I, should I panic? It's not an Oscar. Would it help? Best picture kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. But The Martian's yeah. a great film. Yeah. It's such... It's really... It's really fun. It's almost the, the fact that show. it's such a knockabout comedy type thing that prevents it from being best picture worthy the big show Again, is there amazing. with spotlight it's the same sort of thing but a little bit faker yeah a little bit more kind of, a little bit more david o russell well it, it very much is breaking the fourth wall that film isn't it it's yeah, it's telling yeah, you that exactly. this is a story about what happened but yeah i mean it i suppose it had to be one film and i guess maybe the members of the academy went with something that they just felt was real i know i know spot the big shorts yeah real. If I like you say, basically any film there could have taken it, other than maybe Bridges. I mean, I, I imagine Room is fantastic. I mean, you know? when I heard it, I, yeah, we're going to do Room, so I'm not going to get into it too much. But personally, when I saw it, it was 
the when I saw that it was this film, I was surprised because right. I think the Revenant and the Martian and the Big Short are probably better films. In some ways, it's more and Room. Sorry, I meant um, to mention Room as well. What's the word I'm looking for? It's more worthy. This one, in the sense of the the topic, yeah. the, the you know the subject matter, and the same way that Green Book, which I haven't actually seen yet, I'd love to see. Yeah, it, um, is it, it won the best picture because it deals with race, like Crash. I mean, Crash in what was it, oh, five yeah. or six or whatever. That is clearly not a best picture winner at all, but it it solved racism. So Hugh, what are you going to do? <laughs> not give it an Oscar? So <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So, sort your priorities out bit. So yeah, that's kind of how I kind of felt with yeah. this film. So it's definitely not a travesty that this one. I am more than happy with this winning the winning it, but also like you say, three or four of those could have won it. Yeah, I think the film that affected me the most off that list was probably Room. I think that's the one I had the biggest emotional reaction to on a personal level but then my general real life emotions for what actually the church did to all well, these priests in the church well no the church I'm going to say it the church the church come at the me the church yeah <laughs> <laughs> but don't at me yeah yeah they um, the kind of the cover up and the abuse yeah I think that's I suppose yeah I suppose you get maybe you just get numb to these things you know Maybe, and that's maybe why it's just on a... I, you know, I, like you, I don't know anybody who got molested or anything like that, so... Or anything of that nature. But anyway, we bet we need to hurry up some because we're running out of time, eh? We're wasting the listeners' time here. We're taking up so much of it. Your blessed, blessed time, you lovely yeah, people. we don't want to go on forever. So, yeah... If you can, it's our fucking podcast, you. Yeah, if you took... <laughs> they can, yeah, I'll tell you what, listen to another podcast. <laughs> go on. The Taskmaster one's quite good. Listen to that instead. Yeah, when that's done, come back. <laughs> Mark Homer's got two podcasts. Really, what a slag. Um, <laughs> right, so, yeah, if you threw, like, if you, if, it does kind of feel like they just picked, they picked a, a film out of a yeah. hat with that year. This'll do. But then, that is, it's a really strong field. There's some great films on that list. And even the, even mm, the two oh, yeah. shit films, quote unquote, on that list are good films. And I've not Perfectly even seen fine. Brooklyn, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... Yeah. Anyway. And anyway. Um, <laughs> have you got a quiz for me? Oh, no, you got a ra- have you got a rating scale uh, for me, Hugh? To, so, uh, I t- umdenard with this. I thought, should values. I just go, what's it, out of ten, given the subject matter? But, no, I'll stick with the format. How many muffins <laughs> out of ten would you give this film? How many... Muffins. Muffet, oh, thank God for that. Uh, I'll give it nine. nine I mean, I could have said ten. altar boys, but that would have been wrong. I just, I just... <laughs> I'll give it a nine out of ten. Really? Really good. Would... Doesn't quite make it to ten. That because... seems to be the thing, doesn't it? It just isn't... I think there's some just... There's one or two little things missing that make yeah. a good it's film. As, it's basically as good as it could be. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Whereas for me, a ten out of ten has to be made incredibly well and be something that grabs me I suppose it has to be original and maybe this the concept of this film isn't overly original is it because it's just we've seen like all the president's men is it yeah journalistic yeah yeah no I think 9 out of 10 it's it's as good as you could make this film and so my hat is off to uh, to everyone involved Tom McCarthy in particular yep Yep, it's a difficult subject matter to deal with. Uh, but that said, let's have a quiz. Let's quiz dun, it up. Dun, quiz dun, it up. 
<laughs> do the weak and bullshit theme tune. Just put that in there just to lighten the mood. Right here. Question one. How many cases does uh, Garabendian have when Mike goes to see him? So how many... Num- what number of... B- oh, now they estimate 80. I think it's 84. It is. Well done. Top marks. Um, yes, question two. What is the name of the survivor support group? Snap. And you get an extra point if you can um, tell me what it means, what the acronym stands for. Survivors. Oh, I definitely should. I definitely should. Not. I think. I think this is so late in the episode that I'm on my fourth massive. Beer. <laughs> yeah, they're big bears. I think. I, I think. I assume the P is priests. Yeah. No, you're gonna have to tell me. It's survivors' networks of those abused by priests. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. Fair enough. Um, how many priests do they find in the Boston area? That are paedophiles. 87. Correct. Uh, what does the Cardinal give to Marty as a gift? Oh, yeah, good question. Have you, I wonder if you've ever oh, heard of um, this. Yeah, what's the... What's the, the it was... It was Yeah, it, it didn't have a significance for me. It was called the... What's it called? The ca- um, Well, that's the answer, so what do you think the answer is? The, the, it's like... It's the book, isn't yeah. it? It's the... Well, I don't even remember the word. It's a word that kind of starts like Catholicism, like Catsian. It's not something that had any significance to me. No, I didn't think. It but it was really a book. Wouldn't. It was, <laughs> is it a, what is it? Is it? A, it's not a holy book. It's like a, no, what it's is it? not. But it's kind of used like that, or it's. Um, so I'll give you the answer because I don't think you're going to get it. Yeah. Um, it's the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Catechism. Catechism. Now I knew there was. I knew something. Now I'm a Catholic, or was a Catholic, or that's what I. Lapsed. Yeah. You're just a bad yeah. Catholic. I've joined the Taliban. <laughs> and I had to Google what the cat because I have heard of the catechisms or the catechism, but it's like um it's like the book big it's like the big book of Catholic sort of teaching. Like if you have a question The big book of Catholic essentially, teaching. Yeah, you have yeah, a question yeah. about faith. The Bible should do that. If it's made if it's written by God, it yeah. should be really clear and easy to understand. Yeah. To quote well, Bill Hicks. It, it, <laughs> the Bible should there's do an that. equivalency in in both Islam and Judaism and the names escape me. But they're like Dummy's Guide to uh... <laughs> Basically, yeah. There's there's one I think in Islam it's like they're oh, what are they called? Oh, I know this. The hadiths. Yes, the hadiths. Yeah, there they're all like all the sayings that the prophet is meant to have been attributed. But people, you know, some are like from the ninth century and shit, <laughs> you know, 300 years after he died. Where you go, okay, I really want another wife. Can I make a rule? Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then so in Judaism, they've got the Torah, haven't they? But there's, mm. but there's another book. The uh, Talmud or something yeah like no that. you're right the Talmud yeah the t- yeah Talmud, so the catechism's right. like the Talmud god I'm so worldly yeah, no well done I've been pressed because <laughs> I'd forgotten him <laughs> and I should know <laughs> this is what reading God Delusion a couple of times yeah. and God is not great and all those yeah, guys yeah so the, the, the catechism's a bit like the Hadiths and the uh, and the Talmuds what the Talmud is right. for Catholics right. but it's quite obscure to be honest Slightly sanitised, but still thoroughly evil teachings. Um, uh, uh, seem a bit Sunday school, I but mean, actually pretty, pretty insidious. Look, I've never been in a household that's 
claims that it's you know Catholic and seen you know the Bible and then the catechism next to it. You know, I think it's more of a <laughs> I think it's more of a religious instruction for like for priests hardcore. and people yeah, who are see, more yeah. into it rather than Christ. like literally Christ you know, normal. Everyday yeah. garden variety yeah, Catholic, yeah. but I could be wrong. I'm not, like I said, I'm not really a Catholic. <laughs> anyway, finally, question five: um, What was the name of the priest that was originally accused of sexual misconduct? Um, oh Christ, it's gone. It's go- Goan Gotham. Go- uh, am I in the right yeah, line? Yeah, but it's Gagan. Yeah. Go on, I'll, I'll give Gagan. you it for that. Yeah, John Gagan, and that was the point. You could realise I'd run out of things to questions to come up with because it's a hard <laughs> film to have questions for well you know if one of your questions isn't how many dollars does uh, Resendus give to uh, to use their copier then oh is that the one that you remembered <laughs> is that the one you were like yeah totally, I was like just, while totally we were talking I was like oh that's going to come up no I was trying to I, I tried to do difficult questions <laughs> but clearly... well, speaking of which do you know how many dollars he offers him to use their photocopier <laughs> Hundred or like eighty-seven or something like that, or eighty-three. Not even close. Eighty-three. Oh, that was my next guess. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you did well. You got four out of five. Well done. Oh, I'm happy with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm happy like with that. I was. I was wondering. I thought the you'll get bonus points for the hadith and the Talmud. No, it's not how this works, oh, I'm afraid. <laughs> what a waste of yeah. life. But well remembered. You're a better person for it, Sam. Can <laughs> impress people with your knowledge um, yes so that was that. Spotlight um, that was Spotlight that was yeah. yeah so Sam what film are we doing next week well we haven't discussed it so I'm going to land this on you yeah. we're going to have a but guest as well he's related to me genetically we are going to watch this is Spinal Tap oh are we finally doing the we're going to watch this is Spinal Tap comedy classic I'm going to jump on you with that I'm looking forward it, to now, it. Now, related to that, I mean, I, I'm sure you know a lot of things about it. Tell me, what do you know about this? Is um, it's a mockumentary about a band. Uh, and it's like they're yes. on tour. And I think there's like a, they're, like I say, yeah, they're doing a mockumentary and they're going, I don't know if they're traveling around America or something. I know it's got Harry Shearer, I think, from The Simpsons in it. Correct. Um, I know that it was directed by the guy who directed The Princess Bride, whose name I can't remember. Correct. Um, Rob Reiner. Yeah, Rob Reiner, sorry. And finally, um, yeah, it goes all the way up to 11. Yeah, yeah. That, that is the classic one. People who don't haven't seen the film will make that joke and then wait expectantly for you to laugh and love them for yeah. it. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've so made we that are joke do, Including yourself. Um, we are going to do this battle top. Now, this is going to be our third Rob Reiner film. It is. Which puts him, I think, in joint lead with one other director of whomst filmography we've done three films. Can you name the other director? Um, is it the Coen brothers? We've done two of theirs. Two Coens... We've actually done so a secondary. Look, I'm not going to linger on this because the episode's running over. Five, six, seven, eight. So there are eight directors we've actually looked at two films of. Yeah. Um, what I'd like is two of those eight and the one that we've done three films for. So you've, you've mentioned the Coen Brothers. <laughs> two of the eight. Can you name another look. another Steven director Spielberg. that we've Spielberg? Yeah. And then who have we done three films for? They're all in the last ten years. Well, my brain's gone blank. I don't know. You come on, put me on my minter. Old Denny, Denny, Denny Villeneuve. 
the rival Sicario. Oh, Sicario. I'd forgotten about Sicario. So we've also done two Bong Joon-Hos, two Jordan Peele's, two Gohan Brothers, yeah. two Paul Thomas Anderson's, two Spielberg's, two George Lucas. Actually, did he direct uh, both Star Wars films? He hasn't even directed neither of those. Oh, well, forget that then. Um, Richard Linklater yeah. and Taika Waititi. We've done two films for each of those directors. Stick that we? in your fucking pipe and shove it up your ass. Uh, so uh, next week, this is Spinal Tap with good old Joe Blakely returning triumphantly. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. All that remains to be asked, Hugh, is how can they get in touch and tell us about Spinal Tap and their views thereon? Yeah, well, what they need to do is, so they need to join, become a journalist first and foremost. Oh, so uh, preferably Southy or Northy. Uh, what? Yeah, of Boston, oh. Southy or? Do they say Northy? Northy? <laughs> is that what they say? I don't, I don't think, think it is. They say Southy. Yeah, yeah, that's just just, just you. <laughs> I assume Northy. Yeah. Um, no, they need to work for the Boston Globe, preferably. But if they can't, what, the Phoenix will do. <laughs> um, and then they need to get put on the investigative um, unit, and then they need to investigate us. <laughs> okay. I'm sure we've got. Okay. I, I mean, I stole some sweets once from Nothing a shop when I was a kid. You know, the little penny sweets. I'm a crim. We've all been there. Yeah. There's a conspiracy. Maybe they, maybe they'll find our email address after months and months of searching. Possibly. If that that would explain the that, lack of emails. If that doesn't, you know, help, then uh, they need they can get in touch with us. At, please watch this. At, at, I'll start that again. They need, please watch this. <laughs> dot pod at gmail dot com. Like, if that seems a bit harsh and a lot of work, face, uh, facial media, <laughs> social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at please watch pod at facial media. Facial media. Com. So at please watch pod. Yep. Hugh, all that remains to be said is I love the listener. Do you love the listener? No. Okay. And we'll talk at you next week, yeah. listener. Take care. Bye. Bye.